Hey, hey, howdy folks. It's another episode of America's Hometown Horror that's yet again brought to you by Shine Through Window Cleaning. That's right, Shine Through is still here, folks, even though we are uh, getting to the end of their season. But in case you don't know, Shine Through Window Cleaning is a family-owned and operated company that probably serves Plymouth and the surrounding area. They treat your home or business like they would treat their own, and they truly believe in building their reputation on every job they do. Get in touch with Shine Through today to discuss your window cleaning, gutter cleaning, and power washing needs for next spring at 781-812-9189. That's 781-812-9189 or at shinethroughwindowcleaning.com. That's shine, T-H-R-U, window cleaning. Andrew, I see your hand up. Did you guys hear that song in the background? It's beginning to look a lot like you got dirty windows. Have (laughs) us clean them, please. We will use our squeegees and something. And rags. And suds. We will use our squeegees and rags. And I, we'll, we'll save that for next time. Yeah, we'll get we got to start. Now we go with it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, right. not too much time well, left. It's to a book good advertisement. Shine yeah. through seven eight one eight one two nine one eight nine one eight nine, baby. Not too much time left to get shine through in your house in twenty twenty, or you can get them in your house or outside your house in twenty twenty one. That shine through. Mike, where are we going to be? Window cleaning. in your house in or your outside home. of your house in your home. If you're afraid of that COVID, that's correct. That's correct. Shine through window cleaning. I'm going to hide this tape when I'm finished. If none of us make it, at least there'll be some kind of record. The storm's been hitting us hard now for 48 hours. We still have nothing to go on. One other thing. I think it... Rips through your clothes when it takes you over. Windows found some shredded long johns, but the name tag was missing. They could be anybody's. Nobody... Nobody trusts anybody now. We're all very tired. trust anybody now. There's nothing else I can do. Just wait. RJ McCready, helicopter pilot, U.S. Outpost North 31. Going on, folks. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? How's everybody doing out there? Welcome to another episode of America's Hometown Heart. Thanks again for tuning in. We are uh, our second episode in December right now, and uh, it is cold. It is snowy. There is still a pandemic going on, folks. And uh, the movie that we're going to talk about tonight seems to kind of strike all of those chords that makes this movie even though it came out uh, quite a long time ago, I feel like it is uh, very relevant these days. But, of course, before we get into our topic du jour, we have some other things to get to. And first, that is introducing my fellow co-host, starting off with Andrew. What's going on, pal? Um, you know, it's winter. <laughs> We're nearing our year anniversary. It's, uh, it's going good. It's very exciting. I got no complaints. Very, We're, very We're at my favorite stuff. time of year. Not Christmas. Really? This not, is your not, favorite time? Not Christmas. Yeah, this is when 
it slows down, can kind of enjoy the... Uh, you mean the work season? Yeah. So it's everything's a little bit slower. Yep. People are more... People are nice. They got that Christmas spirit going on. Everybody's nice to each other until they are trying to buy a TV. And then they realize they're all they full realize, of shit. Give me your fucking TV. And they break people's faces. No. Okay. This is my favorite time of year because it means I kind of get to be like a bear now for like two months. Hibernate. Sort of high hibernate. Mm-hmm. High hibernate. High hibernate. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Nibernate. Hi, Nibernate. I might German for Hi, no. Night. 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 Never mind. Can we? We also we have, uh, we have another co-host that has awakened from her yes, hybrid, okay, hibernation, so- <laughs> and that would be Catherine. What's going on? <laughs> Not much. I'd be like, well, hello, Andrew. Oh, very good. Very oh, good. Well, glad to hear man. that both you guys are doing well, and uh, I'm I'm excited to talk about Didn't this Didn't mean to step on tonight. your toes. Yeah, you totally stepped on my toes. Were you trying to introduce yourself? Because you I, I was trying to, to but... Cat usually doesn't really have much to say when I ask her what's go, going howdy, on. Howdy, yeah, howdy, hey, howdy, 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 howdy. That's pretty much it. That's so, yeah, it. We, I know what to expect. <laughs> <from you at laughs> it's pretty point. much desperate. But, yeah, so we are uh, we are back. We are back for another episode. And I'm uh, going to cover one quick news item. But uh, anybody watch anything spooky over the last week? Anybody watch anything good? I got a couple of things, but I obviously I'll defer to you guys first. Oh, you don't want to defer to me first because I've probably seen maybe whatever you've seen. I haven't watched anything spooky. I was All like, right. I, yeah, I don't I've watched so a uh, c- couple couple things that I watched this week. I was home a lot this week, and I got a chance to kind of watch some stuff. Uh, revisited. So after we recorded our witch episode last week, I took the very smart suggestion by you, Andrew. And I went on to the old Amazon Prime machine. Oh, the Prime machine. And I turned <laughs> uh, I turned the captions on, and mm. I rewatched me some Lighthouse Baby. And let me tell you, uh, it improved the experience 110. percent I could huh. I could understand what the fuck they were actually saying. From I was telling you to do that with the witch. I didn't tell you to do I it know. With the lighthouse. But I oh, the lighthouse. Have done it with the witch. Proof that it works. Get down with your oh, seven year yeah. old self and put the subtitles on. Get down with your seven year old self. Yeah, because when you're 70, you're going to be using them, and I bet you you're going to watch it and go. I never knew that. But when yeah. you use it at 33, all yeah. of a sudden you're like, oh. Because yeah, you're like, my hearing's like. good. Your hearing's not that good. Because there's lines that come out in movies that no one's even speaking. It's well, not even audible. Robert Eggers loves to make movies that take place in a uh, over 100 years ago. Mm. And uh, <laughs> The Lighthouse and The Witch, both a lot of dialect that is kind of hard to understand at certain points. And this definitely helped. You know, the second time I watched the movie, I liked it the first time. But I feel like actually... You know, understood. reading and understanding what they were saying half the time really improved my viewing experience. Oh. And it just kind of further is the fact that, cat. I know you haven't seen it yet. Uh, that movie is so fucked and so fucking weird. And Robert Pattinson and, and Willem Dafoe are both so unbelievable in it. It's crazy. It's it, just crazy shit. It, it basically Don't give it away. Fact, I want to no, see it. No, it furthers the fact that you should listen to me more often. Oh, I'm kind okay. of a genius uh, okay. when it comes to certain things. That's but all you I need have. captions. I mean, that's the whole reason I brought this up. Was to <laughs> yeah, you need captions. <laughs> you do. I am a, the biggest proponent of captions. You know what? You, the the you, only you, reason I brought this up is because I wanted to worship yeah. at the temple of your genius. Yeah, no, so, I, yeah, I, that's what I figured. Yeah. Because, wow. No, no, wow. but when you watch wow. something, the title's like, like, do you understand a show? So let's, have you seen Dark? You ever watched Dark? Yes. 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 Yeah. You don't watch it with the... Uh, no, the, no, no, uh, no, no. You can't oh, watch dub. it dubbed. The it's, dub. it's so distracting. Yeah, yeah that's a subtitle. No, You're gonna, to do that. It was the thing terrible. That, the thing that's tough, people don't like subtitles because, A, I respect it. I hate reading, too. Yeah. It's awful. But... If you can get past the I hate reading part, there's still pictures with this book. You still get to see what's going mm. on. 
But you focus more because you have to, especially yeah. if it's another language. Right. Yeah. You have to be paying more attention. So you're going to appreciate it more for what it is. And you see, you pick up stuff that you would never pick up. There's plenty of times in every movie. Like, what was that new Christopher Nolan movie or whatever? Tenet. Tenet, yeah. Came out. What was the biggest problem with that movie? You couldn't fucking hear anything that was going on. The dialogue was so low. Did you see that? I haven't, but that, yeah, that's it's one coming, of the, it's coming out soon. No, but that was one of the, like, they, no one knows what was being said. Okay. Fix this problem real quick. Uh, throw Caption. up some subtitles. Yeah. Captions. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. I love yeah. it. I will never stop. I... El Jefe gets the uh, nod for that one. Of course. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't bastard. mind, like, reading, because, I mean, it's only little splurts, and, like, it's not like you're reading, like, splurts. you know, It's an entire movie, so it is But, I mean, you're reading paragraphs. them quickly. A sentence at a time. Like, yeah. Not yeah. a sentence yeah. or a phrase It's like pop-up like, video, with, yeah. but with lines right. for a movie. Yes, exactly. <laughs> if, because, like, um, I... I love Pan's Labyrinth, and that's all That's all subtitles. Yeah, that's a great movie. If you're under the age of 25 and you don't know what pop-up video is, go look it up. It's on VH1. Yeah, yeah VH1. And if you don't know what VH1, VH1 is... VH1 still a channel? That hasn't VH1 been a channel. VH1 is very much still a channel. It is? Oh, yeah, it's out Oh, there. I thought it changed to Paramount. No, no? that was Spike. Spike changed Spike to Paramount. Changed to yeah. Why would VH1 ever change to Paramount? I don't know. That doesn't even... That's not even the same realm. Well, Are Spike, you sure? Spike used to be TV for men. Hundred like ways yeah, to die. Yeah, yeah. I can see why they might want to change. It was followed that. by the uh, <laughs> our marathon of tits. Yeah. It just, it like, do you want to see old girls gone wild commercials hey. from the late nineties? Hey, nothing wrong with Spike. Yeah, I, I like props Mrs. to Spike. Spike, but I mean, it had plenty of fucking uh, Charles Bronson movies, Clint yeah. Eastwood movies. Hey, was I mean, Ninja Warrior on Spike? It was yep. Ninja Warrior, Bar Rescue. Yeah, I thought yeah. that started on. The now Spike. it's Paramount. They got Yel- Yellowstone of... and Bar Rescue. It's been replaced by uh, Douche. Oh, was Bar Rescue on <laughs> Spike? Too? Yes, it was. Yeah, it was on Spike oh, okay. before it was Paramount. All right. Yeah, so I would say if you in, if you listened to our episode last week on The Witch, if you've seen The Witch and you enjoyed The Witch, I would highly recommend checking out The Lighthouse if you haven't seen it yet because it is an insane movie. Uh, with some great performances. It's a very weird, out there uh, concept, but y- you will be rewarded if you like those types of movies. So I'll report back once I watch it. Yeah, you should watch it. I, I have a feeling, I, have, I, I don't know why I'm telling you to watch it, because I know that you're going to hate it, but, but I want you to watch it still. Then we can do a podcast on it. I, I mean, I'd do a podcast in the Lighthouse, no problem. Sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. So, anyway, why wouldn't hey, I? You would hate that movie. Yeah, well, I want to watch it soon. We already so know that. Yeah. So, so watch we'll see, it, we'll hate see what it, happens. and then we'll move on. Sure. We'll see what happens. Okay. I also checked out a little uh, an, a 2020 horror movie release that was released. Uh, it's kind of a little independent indie type thing that was uh, released to VOD. So it's on Amazon, it's on Google TV, you know, Apple TV, like all those types of platforms for about five bucks. It's called The Wolf of Snow Hollow. Oh, you were talking about that. Very cool little werewolf movie. Um, I saw it described as... Fargo meets Silver Bullet, which I feel like is a perfect description. It's it's very much a comedy with some horror elements. I really enjoyed it a lot, and I think that it's worth a watch if people are looking for something new that comes out. Because I mean, there hasn't really been too many too many movies um, that have come out in twenty twenty. That description of that movie, mm-hmm. maybe or may not have given me a boner. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I would gross, watch that. Gross, yeah, gross. I, you should check it out for sure. Um, but it's, it's so basically the, the, the premise. That I won't. I won't give anything away. Obviously, but the premise of the movie is that it's a like a ski town in Utah that is experiencing this string of brutal murders, and they have a completely inept, bumbling police force. And the uh, the the, the soon to be chief of police 
is kind of like this recovering alcoholic, rageaholic lunatic that is in way over his head, doesn't know how to do anything. Does Nick Cage play that role? Nick Cage does not play that role. <laughs> Should he? It's actually it's a bunch of unknown actors except for it is the very last performance of Robert Forster who has been in a bunch of stuff. He was pretty old. He was most notably, if you've watched Breaking Bad, he was the fixer in Breaking Bad that helped Walt and Jesse uh, get their new identities and get away. The guy that owned the vacuum store I'm that sure they bought I the fake IDs from. Yeah. And, yeah, so he was in uh, he, he was in Breaking Bad. This is the last role that he had before he passed away uh, earlier this year. But I would highly recommend checking out The Wolf of Snow Hollow. Uh, if you have not watched it yet, if you're a horror fan, you will not be disappointed. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, and then beyond that, Kat and I did our annual rewatch of Krampus. You know? Yes. But yeah, so that's, that, that's what I got there. <laughs> Anybody else watch anything of note? Andrew? Cat? Nothing mm, of relevance. No. It's all Cat like, I've moved on. I'm like, yeah. I'm in that January phase. Like, I, I'm waiting for Love Actually to show up on Netflix so I can watch that because I <laughs> fucking love that movie. So I'm waiting Still to haven't finished The my... Haunting of Bly Manor. Maybe no, we'll get to it eventually. Yeah. Oh, but we've been watching The Undoing on HBO. That's pretty goddamn good. I yeah. like it. Yeah. Would you think that's not a not horror. Sure. It's kind of like a mystery, like twisty thriller. Mystery. Type thing. Mystery. It's like, did we already talk about I finished The Queen's Gambit a while ago? Uh, well, oh, you, you did. So, did you like it? So both I of did. you guys watched it. Matt didn't watch it. I was like, Still we haven't watched it. Like I, I, I want to watch it. I do want to. I just haven't gotten to it. Sometimes, oh, it's I, awesome. sometimes yeah. I wonder if Mike is a sexist. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. That's quite the. Or an uh, anti chessite. Quite the uh, the accusation to lobby. It was there. a joke. Mm, I see. Our listeners will understand. I see. I see. I see. They know we're all about jokes. I see, said the blind man. What was the name uh, of that? I am blind, so that's <laughs> yeah, that's offensive. true. I'm blind too. <laughs> Actually, both of you are blind without glasses. So guess what? So. You don't get to make fun of blind people. Yeah, ever. I, so. I yeah. take offense. To we that. will jump you. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, I would just remove your glasses before both of you decided to jump me. And, and then we end up killing each other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> These fingers can still feel your pulse, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> what was the name of that movie we watched last night on Hulu with Kristen Stewart uh, and Mackenzie Davis? Remember. It was good, though. Oh, I liked yeah. it a lot. It was good. Um, it was a movie we were talking about. Yeah. I was telling you beforehand, it kind of made the, uh, it kind of made the, did the impossible task of making Kristen Stewart the most en- enjoyable and likable character in the movie, which. Really? I don't need you to go on a rant about So Kristen she wasn't Stewart. mouth was breathing the whole time? She wasn't mouth breathing the whole time. She actually, she was uh, very good. The movie was very good. I liked it. It was Kristen Stewart and who? McKen- Mackenzie Davis. I don't know. Why don't you just look Google up? Kristen Stewart? Why don't you happiest look? season. Happiest okay. season. And it has... Oh, So, can I make a new comparison to Hulu right now? I just figured it out. I sure. just realized it because this sure. is the time of year when all these Christmas, these terrible Christmas movies are on one basic cable channel. And it's fucking Hallmark. Hulu might as well be Hallmark. Uh, yeah, yeah, It's yeah, yeah. garbage. Yeah. Garbage television. If Kristen Stewart is starring well, in something on it... You know what hooked me into this movie? Is that uh, literally it, it, turned on Hulu and I was there and I said, "Do you want to watch it?" it no, yeah. well, no, so, it it <laughs> co-stars the lovely and hysterical Dan Levy from Shit's mm. Creek. And oh wow, he's I'll, in other stuff. Yes, yeah, he's I in will. This movie he, too. he, dude, he's in commercials now. He is blowing up. He well, he's got, awesome. He just got named one of the sexiest men alive by People, one of the entertainers of the Good. year by People magazine. He so is he is awesome. going to be in everything from now on, which is great. He's awesome. I like him. I love Shit's Creek. Love him. Love. Him and his dad. Yeah, and and everyone good, in that he show. He was good in that movie last night. So he, he would be good. nothing without his dad. Yeah. Yeah, he was well, like... Yeah. Gotta give yeah. props to his dad. Yeah. I, well, yeah. Well, and his dad well, his was dad the... his dad kickstarted. I just remember like watching you know. Eugene Levy as the, the dorky dad in American Pie. Like, just so or weird to see him kind of come... Or in Best in Show. Yeah, Best in Show. Yeah. It's weird to see him kind of all come full circle, so... 
So yeah, that's what I got for latest watching stuff. And news continues to be slow, which Kat, you'll be happy about. Woo-hoo! But I feel like the one thing that we kind of latest have, watching we, stuff. We, yeah, yeah, that's late, a terrible name for a segment, Michael. Stuff? Our, our watch list for the week. <laughs> recently <laughs> viewed. I kind of like latest, recently viewed. Latest, latest watch stuff. No, that's latest <laughs> watching. That's not even a sentence. I like it, Michael. Yeah. I like it. You are an English. Latest watching person. stuff. English person. No better. So, you guys. I'm an English person. Hello. 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 I'm an English person. I I'm an English person. English. Are you English major? I can speak English. Didn't you good. major in the English? <laughs> did you? I did. Yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah. So, yeah, you're an English major. So, fuck yes. off. Yeah. You should speak better. Yeah, it's true. I it's don't better. have to speak you anyway. Like you speak you should speak good. You know what? <laughs> I don't have to because I didn't go to school to be an English mm. major. Oh, my God. You're a major of English. <laughs> oh, boy. Act like a major. Act major. like a colonel. I Act like I, a major lieutenant. I guess I, I lined myself up <laughs> Lute, that one, Lieutenant so I, English. Call it saving private English. It's like the lowest form of being English. Wow. Okay. Fair enough. That's Fair enough. Blew it. So, as I mentioned... News continues to be slow, but the biggest thing that we kind of have to talk about here as we watch a uh, Krampus Yule Log thing on YouTube in the background. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty nice. Pretty cool. It's nice. It's okay. Just Google See, Krampus oh. Yule Log. It's the first thing that pops Three up. over ones with transoms, though. I don't want to clean those. Yeah, those are nasty windows There was clean. a tree there on the fire, on the, that thing, and now it's gone. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. No I can see what. But no, yeah, okay. YouTube, the Krampus Yule Krampus Yule Log. Yeah, it'll pop up. And then you'll the see what we're seeing. There's a very pagan picture in the top left corner. Yeah, it's, it's a fireplace it's, it's with, like, odd. window it's and odd. there's cool. snow. It's good background. No, the, devil with, the devil with Pope Santa. Pope, Pope Santa. Santa. <laughs> yeah, Pope Santa. Pope Santa. <laughs> P.S. What up? Hey, guys. So I don't know if you saw this in the news, but uh, kind of news that kind of sent shockwaves throughout the film industry is that Warner Brothers announced that they were going to release their entire 2021 film slate on HBO Max as well as in theaters. Really? Which is uh, the, the movie theater companies are not happy about this. But, you know, as a consumer, kind of a good thing. We have HBO Max. But uh, just so you know what this kind of looks like, it just means that there's going to be less incentive for, for people to go to the movies to see things in 2020. And Warner Brothers, being one of the biggest studios out there, there's some pretty big movies that are going to be available to you on HBO Max that you can watch from home as they come out. A couple of ones that would apply to, you know, the genre that we operate in. Oh, rest uh, in peace, Alex Trebek. Yeah, Alex Trebek, rest in peace. Uh, Godzilla, Godzilla versus King Kong. That movie is going to be coming out in 2021. Uh, the Conjuring Three, also known as The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, that'll be available on HBO Max. Malignant, which is a new original horror movie from James Wan, who directed Saw, The Conjuring movies, The Insidious movies. Uh, the remake of Dune, that's done by Denis Villeneuve. I'm actually kind of interested in that. I want to watch that. Um, obviously, we, you know, Denis Villeneuve is a pretty good director. Prisoners, we covered Prisoners. We've uh, a bunch of his other movies have done really, really well. So I'm interested to see what that is. Uh, the Matrix Four, which is coming out, that's no coming thanks. directly to HBO Max. I'm good. Oh, I was never I a huge fan of the Matrix movie. movies. I like Matrix. Not a, not a huge fan. Like no. it's, it's been 20 years. Uh, I love. I, although Keanu Reeves is, is aging like a fine wine. And yeah, Lawrence he really is. So good. Oh, he was judging the um, Iron Chef. Oh, Thanksgiving oh, competition. Right. Ooh, I no, 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 Lawrence Fishburne. Fishburne. Oh. We had Iron Chef. Yeah, it was, on, uh, it, was, it was it was Bobby Flynn, Michael Simon versus Alex Guarnaschelli, <laughs> who fucking sucks. Alex, Who's Alex, the other person? Alex Guarnaschelli. Guarnaschelli. Who the yeah, hell is that? And, and um, uh, Zatari. Z- um, Z- uh, uh, Jeffrey Zakarian. Z- 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 oh, yeah, a couple of douchebags. 
Zakarian sucks. Zeus. Yes. <laughs> Zanzibar. Yeah. Yeah, Zanzibar. No, but you've watched Iron Chef before, yeah. right? So Lawrence Fishburne was the judge on yeah. that. It was it was a good episode. And uh, he hasn't aged at all, but yeah, he, I feel like. He will be in The Matrix looks, 4 that's coming to HBO Max. Well, same. that's what happens when you have money. Yeah. And then a couple other quick ones. Uh, they're doing the Mortal Kombat remake that's also Ooh. directed by James Wan. That's coming to HBO Max, which I love Mortal Kombat. I'll watch it. And then the, video the, uh, game? the Suicide Squad sequel coming to HBO Max. Uh, so all of those okay. movies will be available. Uh, I mean, I don't know of any theaters that are open in this area, but you can watch them on HBO Max. I know. I don't think out. they are, but are they? Yeah. You know what I wish I had? I know that right? there are a couple in Boston that I've heard about because I know I was listening to a podcast recently where somebody went to go see Mank. In a theater in Boston. Mank? Yeah, the new Fincher movie that's on Netflix. I, I haven't seen it yet, but I do oh. want to watch it. It's, it's actually not supposed to be very good, which is disappointing really? to hear. Oh, but uh, pretty much everything Fincher does, I love. But this is supposedly like his his dud, which I thought Panic Worm was his worst movie. I never saw that. Um, Panic Panic Room? Panic Room. Oh, yeah, that movie's terrible. Room. Yeah, that movie with Jodie Foster and uh, Jody Foster, Jared Leto. Jodie Foster, Jared Leto. Leto, yeah, you, dude, you always correct me on that. I fucking always? How often do we talk about Jared We've Leto? We've talked about Jared Leto Leto. a few times. Yeah, yeah. So. Leto! Yeah. So, that, obviously, isn't like... Isn't that an Elton this is, this is a... I would not be... I would... I would not be surprised to see uh, other studios kind of follow suit with this. Mainly, I'm thinking of Disney, especially because they have Disney Plus now. Netflix has kind of been doing this for a while. They did the Irishman. Fuck last movie year theaters. Was... They want to. You want to jack up prices on pretzels and charge me ten dollars well, and charge. You get I... in there, it's forty dollars. So you know what? I'd rather watch movies at home. Do the last. Do you, know, do you guys remember the last movie that we saw in theaters? You know what it was? We uh, it underwater. Show. Underwater. It, it and Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Well, the drive a drive in, but in the last new in an actual movie theater was yeah, underwater. Underwater. Yeah. Oh, and I loved that Wareham movie. It's been that long to be said. About the experience of going to the movies, like yes, yeah. it's overpriced. Yes, it's kind to of me, stupid. It, to Sometimes, me, it doesn't really like, matter that much because when, when I go to the when I watch when I watch a movie though, mm-hmm. I like to pay attention anyway. Yeah, right. I feel like Cat likes movie theaters because she's never <laughs> paying gonna, attention she's to talk anything. The whole time. I'm like, can you get popcorn? We're trying to watch a movie here, and you're like, we're gonna play darts. No, we're gonna watch the fucking. movie. Oh really? I didn't come over here to play darts. I came over to watch the movie. There's like three situations. When you're watching a movie. A, you're watching the movie by yourself, eating KFC chicken in bed, or, uh-huh. or making crumbs everywhere, or you're watching with friends, or you're watching with a date, a potential lover. A lover. With your and igloo Netflix cool. And <laughs> yeah, Netflix, yeah, Netflix and chilling. Yep. So it's either, uh, I'm going to watch the movie, or eat KFC chicken in bed, or want to have sex. All right, you guys. So, uh, as we mentioned, that means we are on to our topic du jour, which, of course, is our topic of the day or the night, depending on when you might be listening oh, to this show. Michael, did you see the York peppermint patty? Oh, no. Oh, did you s- I used uh, some, some lip balm. <laughs> some, uh, smells like chocolate. Some Burt's Bees. Is that an Andy's uh, mint? It's like a Burt's Bees minty. Oh, uh, that smells delicious. <laughs> Sorry, yes, yes, not to get on that. Game. Goes to, it goes to, it goes to show how clo- how close and close quarters oh, we are. Oh, it smells so good. It made me think of a chop. I, I thought it was a junior mint. Right. Sometimes my lips delicious. my lips get chappied, and I need to uh, address that. So I use my Burt's Bees. Need to uh, moisten quite, those. Lips. Yeah, exactly. Quite frequently. So, as I mentioned before, uh, you know we are in snowy times right now. We are in pandemic times, and I feel like. Watching this movie that we're about to talk about, The Thing, John Carpenter's 1982 classic, 
really hits home. Really hits home in 2020 and kind of uh, fits perfectly with the paranoia, anxiety, and fear of disease and infection that we have now. And I mean, I guess just for you know, we always start off with our overall thoughts, and I'll I'll, I'll take the lead here because you know, for me, I have a Mount Rushmore of five horror movies that I consider to be perfect, that I really love, and I know that the actual Mount Rushmore only has four before everyone makes fun of me. But uh, the five Mount Rushmore horror movies for me that I consider to be perfect. Jaws, which we covered in a previous episode. Alien, which we haven't covered yet. Halloween, which we covered a few weeks back with, uh, back with Matt Audette. The Shining, which we covered in our second episode way, way back, almost a year ago. And The Thing. I consider all of these to be great, great movies. They're all classics in their own regard. And The Thing is obviously here. what we're here to talk about tonight. And this movie, oh, this movie is just packed with so much hashtag Mike's Monsters. It's not even funny. You, you made up that Mike's word. Monsters Mike's to the 10th monsters. degree. The 10th degree. By the way, also picked the thing as one of my monsters in the uh, hashtag uh, fantasy monster. Yeah, which I was actually pretty impressed with um, when we saw the ah, monster. Ah, Mike's I, monster. I didn't yeah. really notice. I didn't really know the whole background of that whole monster, but yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, of course, I appreciate that as well. And this movie just, I, I, I love everything about it. It's a Carpenter movie, and everything Carpenter does is pretty great. But this is just a perfect combination of. Uh, great characters that you don't know too, too much about, but that are, that are compelling on screen. Uh, practical monster effects, which is ex- especially impressive. I know probably for you as well, Kat, because I know how much you hate the uh, the digital effects of monsters. And I anything do. that's practical I, is, yes. is pretty good. I, I appreciated that, yeah. Yeah. I did. Uh, the music in this is perfect. Uh, the cinematography is beautiful. There's a ton of gore and, as I mentioned, a ton of tension and anxiety when kind of separates this movie from your average horror movie or monster movie, right? Because that extreme sense of paranoia really sets this apart, and Carpenter does an excellent job of slowly pitting all of these men against each other throughout the entire movie, because they don't know who's infected, they don't know you know, who is one of the things. I mean, and it has Kurt Russell. I mean, Kurt Russell is, is a stud. Man. I yep. mean, and I just like... He's awesome in everything. He's been in a ton of Carpenter movies. He's been in a bunch of uh, Tarantino movies at this point now. And he's kind of like, I feel like one of the most respected actors out there now. And it's just funny to see because I know we were a fan of that show Lodge 49 on AMC. Yep. Which big, big fans. Uh, was criminally underrated and it got canceled after two seasons. I was obsessed with the show. And that show stars Wyatt Russell, who is Kurt Russell's son. And... They look. His name's Wyatt. Wyatt, yeah, huh. Wyatt did Russell. Kurt, did Kurt Russell ever play Wyatt Earp in a movie? He might have. I know he was in a bunch of westerns. Yeah, he might have. He might have. I don't know for sure. Because that would be interesting. That would. But be interesting. Uh, yeah, his, his his son in in Lodge Forty Nine has the the thick beard and the long hair, except he's all blonde because Kurt Russell's married to Goldie Hawn, who's yeah. blonde, and they look exactly alike in yeah. this movie like young Kurt Russell with the thick beard the long hair it's like a, they're spitting images of each other ah. it's insane Tombstone Tombstone Kurt Russell was Wyatt. Wyatt Earp there you go so that's probably wow. why he named his son Wyatt that's a great movie yeah 
Yeah, so Kurt Russell's been in uh, Stargate, amazing. No, he's awesome in everything. He's awesome in everything. And I, and, I mean, I guess just to kind of Overboard. Put, a, put, put a cap on this for me. <laughs> All right, that's a good movie too. Technically, the thing, which we'll get into this in a little bit more detail coming up, but this is technically a remake, and I think it's probably the best horror remake of all time. And I would also consider some of these other movies to be up there amongst the best horror remakes, uh, including The Fly, Evil Dead, The Evil Dead remake, mm. uh, The Dawn of the Dead remake from Zack Snyder, so good. Uh, The Crazies remake with our buddy Timothy Oliphant, who has electric hair. Movies Ooh. electric hair. Uh, Timothy Oliphant. The Crazies? That's I thought, a good I thought movie. that movie was mediocre. Very good. I think it's good. I loved it when it first came out, and then when I watched it again, I went, mm. eh, Okay, all like, right. Didn't do it for uh, The first It movie, which is a great movie. Okay. The actual I don't want to get into it. I don't want to get into it. I don't want to get into it. I don't want to hear about the blood in the sink. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about it. I didn't say anything. I also think Let Me In, which is a remake of Let the Right One In. I think that's a very good remake. It wasn't better than the original. Yeah, but it's a good remake. It's a good American remake. So I with the little boy in the window, right? Uh, that's the one where it's the the little boy is or the little uh, little boy is the vampire and right. he has the the familia that yes. kills people and brings him back. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Richard of, Jenkins, Richard awesome Jenkins. Yeah, movie. yeah. So I I, 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 I really like all of those movies, but I consider th- this to be probably king shit sitting on the throne of the horror movie remakes of all time. So. Obviously, I hold this movie in very high regard. Andrew, uh, I know you hadn't seen this movie in a while, and we watched it again the other night. What were your thoughts about so, it? So, here's my thoughts. It's spoilers, mo- it's moved into... It's, um, I mean, not, not, just slight down. spoilers. I'm, not, I'm just giving my opinion. Yeah. Right, right, right. you, you can give a general it's opinion a about while. a movie without spoiling it. Fair, it's been fair. a long time since I've seen, seen this movie. Mm-hmm. And um, it immediately moves into the top five of my favorite horror movies of all time. That's great. Right up, there with your, right up there with your Mount Rushmore. The only one I would m- remove from your Mount Rushmore is Halloween. Because I'm always... I know, you're not, you're not a fan. That's not fine. the best, it's funny, in my opinion. Yeah. But the thing, like you said, the practical effects, mm-hmm. the storyline, it's got Wilfred Brimley. Uh, Wilfred the Pope. Diabetes. Without a mustache. <laughs> he has no mustache, which is really weird. Because I feel like his diabetes is controlled by the mustache. Yeah. And maybe that's why yeah. he is yeah. actually... Well, the thing in this... Oh, it, spoiler. Good morning. I'm Wilfred Brimley, and I'd like to talk to you for a few minutes about diabetes. Actually, about I, uh, diabetes and... Uh, 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 you know, uh, diabetes. I am excited to hear that you... <laughs> Uh, like this movie so much because I, I kind of thought that you wouldn't. It's a classic. I'm surprised so. I didn't remember it enough. Yeah, to I, make I it one too. of my favorites because it's too. it's phenomenal. It was very. It's yeah. so good. Everything's so good. The tension, the build up. It's like Alien, but different. It's like Alien versus Predator because I love that movie. <laughs> That's a good movie too. It takes place yeah. in the Antarctic Circle. Yep, it's a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. Don't besmirch it. It's but, pretty cool. I mean, it's ten times better than that. It also reminds me of this awesome show. That I forget what it's. I think it was on Hulu. It's called Fortitude. I think I. Uh, I, feel like I, think I, I think I mentioned that once Dennis Quaid. Yeah, 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 yeah. You I feel like I mentioned that to you guys. And you still haven't watched it, which bothers me. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So many things you say. You still haven't watched those? Still yeah, because when you tell me to watch something, can you write it down? I usually don't watch just, it. We can just, so like, maybe you there's watch there's also a very good uh, X Files episode from the first season that kind of takes inspiration from the thing where Mulder and Scully. 
Uh, they go to, it's either Alaska or the Arctic Circle, and they get called there because there's some sort of infect, alien infection, and it. it's a very good uh, Thing-inspired Monster of the Week episode of the There's X-Files. a terrible movie called The Thaw with Val Kilmer. Mm-hmm. That is... Uh, yeah, you mentioned that yeah. tonight. But and I was like, that's... I, I, am, I am happy because... I know I, I, I did mention, I think, when we were watching this movie the other night, that I would fight you both if you said you didn't like it. Uh, but it seems like you both liked it. And Kat, I'll ask you, what did you think of this movie after I, watching it? I liked it. I liked it, too. Um, and I... If I had seen it before, it was a very, very long time ago, which I'm sure that like if I have seen it before at some point, but like I just couldn't honestly yeah. remember any of it. Yeah. But um, I really liked it. It kind of reminded me of um, the terror, the one where they're stuck in, stuck in yes. a ship. Yes, that is a great TV series. Well, the first season was great. The second season wasn't as good. Yeah. I didn't really like the second but I, season. But it kind of reminded me of that because the entire time, like, it, you had the same kind of frame of mind where you're like, questioning everything the entire time where like <clears throat> you're like okay so who is infected who's not infected what does it take mm-hmm. to be infected like yeah who's this person who's that person where is this person at this point like are they going to eat each other ultimately because they can't reach anybody yeah like that's you're thinking like are they going to turn to cannibalism but then yeah. it's like if they turn to cannibalism and they're all infected then they're all going to die so then they're all going to end up being monsters and it's like, one little question after... You're constantly, like, questioning what's going on all the time. And I yeah. thought that that, that was nice because it kept me at the edge of my seat. Where yeah. I was, like, interested and in not having any sorts yeah. of, like, okay, like, this is a long movie. Let's keep moving. And it wasn't, like, constantly monsters either. Like, it, 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 it picks was, it up right of, away. You yeah. got that opening shot with the Norwegian helicopter guys, like, shooting at that uh, that beautiful little husky dog and you're like what the fuck is going on here why are they shooting at this yeah. beautiful dog just, why is this happening it keeps you interested yeah. the entire time yeah for sure I, I i agree with that 100 percent. and uh yeah i'm just excited to talk about it a little and bit and even more. the monster was impressive yeah i would say yeah and i i think that's probably one of the reasons this movie has been so successful and has gained such a following is because the creatures themselves and the practical effects are so disturbing, so gross, so Lovecraftian, and they're just great. I, I just I, I can't get enough of this movie. I've seen it so many times. Uh, I saw it really young. It scared the fucking bejesus out of me the first time I saw it. Um, and uh, it's just, yeah, it's great. The practical effects in this movie remind me of the practical effects in Hellraiser. For some reason, they're very similar, like... No, do you not? No, I can see that. Did you see that? Okay. Yeah, no, did. Did I was just wondering if you saw it because it's like there you just well, like when we talked no. Hellraiser a couple weeks ago, like I I can see like so the the, the scene where the uh, I forgot the girl's name now the daughter yep. she uh, she's getting chased through the the uh, that alternate realm where the Cenobites live uh, by that crazy looking monster. Cenobites. It reminded me of that. Yeah, the Cenobites. Yeah. The Cenobites from Hellraiser. But, so they're, the practical effects oh, that is okay. very yeah. similar. Yes. I think. I was like, wait, I agree. Yeah. I agree. So, fun fact, you guys. Uh, 1982 is now the the year that we have covered the most movies from. Really? This is now our third movie from 1982. That's Does anybody know? Uh, Nightmare two? on Elm Street. Mm, we haven't done Nightmare no. on Elm Street, so that's no. So that's Hellraiser? No. Nope. Um, Time out. Uh, Tremors. Phantasm. No, we haven't done Tremors either. Jesus Christ. Phantasm was 79. Phantasm is not it. We didn't do Tremors. 
No, we have not we've done never tremors. We've talked about tremors on episodes before. Oh. We have not done an episode on tremors, which I would be down for. Texas okay. Chainsaw? Nope, that's in the seventies. The Shining? No. Nope. So the two movies that we've covered from nineteen eighty two. One was very recent. A little movie called Creep Show. Also oh. came out in nineteen eighty two. Halloween. The no. other one. Poltergeist. Oh, uh, that's kind of what I was thinking. So Poltergeist, okay. Creepshow, and The Thing all from 1982. So a good year for horror. You know what? I don't feel bad. I can barely remember the year I was born. So Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. Fair enough. Um, but just as a, a refresher, some of the other horror movies that we haven't covered that came out this year. Uh, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, which is a great movie. Uh, Friday the 13th. The best Halloween movie. The one that you wanted to do and we didn't do. We're going to do that next Halloween. We'll do that next Halloween because we're going to be doing this. Exactly. This uh, makes me think of we should do an episode on top five years in horror. Okay. That's a good idea. Sure. I like that. Yeah. Like the years with the best horror movies that came out? Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. Just thought. Yeah. I like it. So that's what we got for 82. Good year. That we continue to uh, to draw from and and record on. So, just some quick quick facts about the thing because there's a lot a lot of stuff going on here. This movie has been written about and talked about endlessly because it's become such a classic. So, I did mention that this was a remake. Okay, so the original film uh, came out in 1951. Was directed by Howard Hawks, who is a very prominent director, uh, an American director. Some call the greatest American director to never win an Oscar. And the thing, uh, the movie was called The Thing from Another World. Uh, that movie was loosely based on a story, a novella, if you will, titled Who Goes There, which is written by John Campbell. Okay, so both of these movies were based on that original short story. Uh, when the movie was pitched, it was initially kicked around uh, Hollywood, pitched to several different directors in the mid to late 70s, never really gained legs. Uh, some of the directors that it was pitched to included uh, Toby Hooper and John Landis. To- Toby Hooper, uh, who directed The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. John Landis, who directed American Werewolf in London, both movies that we've covered. Uh, but the producers ultimately weren't happy with both of their visions for this movie. So it kind of went on the back burner for a while at Universal. And then, believe it or not, uh, after the success of Ridley Scott's Alien in 1979... The project gained some new life and ultimately ultimately uh, went to a director by the name of John Carpenter, who we've mentioned, who was fresh off his success of a little horror movie and just... called Halloween. Yeah, Halloween. Which leads me to my next question, Michael. Yes. Which one do you like better? The Halloween thing or, or the Halloween? Halloween? Ooh, good question. Well, they're both in his top five, yeah, so I make a choice. prefer Halloween. The Thing. Really? Over yes. Halloween? I agree with that because wow. I don't even think Halloween's top five, so easily it's the thing. I would have thought you would have said Halloween I So, so I, I think over the years, for me, I I used to love Halloween a lot more, and I still love it, but the thing is just so much more up my alley that I feel like it's just kind of... It's, 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 it's 1A and 1B. And I feel like when you rewatch but I, things... But I like the thing better. When you rewatch things as an adult, too, like, you start seeing things and you're like, you know what, that might be a little bit more relatable now than it was before. Yeah. So, especially nowadays with the thing, like, it's mm-hmm. very relatable. I know. I, and that actually is a perfect segue into my next point. So, when, when Carpenter ultimately decided to take this project on in the <laughs> early 80s... He felt that the themes of the original novel, which were, you know, very much paranoia-based, as I already covered, kind of fit with 
the current political climate in the early 80s, which obviously the, uh, the United States was in the middle Cold of the Cold War. War. Yeah. There was lots of paranoia about communism and McCarthyism and blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. And uh, well, Carpenter also wanted to up the monster elements from the first movie because the first movie, obviously, in 1951, I believe it was, uh, you know, special effects and, and practical effects were limited, right? So th- they were able to do more things with this, which he wanted to lean more into, obviously, being a horror director. Um, and I feel like, so we're talking about relevancy in a current climate. I feel like this movie is very much relevant to 2020 because everyone's so paranoid about catching this goddamn virus that uh, it, it kind of fits. It kind yeah, of fits. In, in, there was a lot of movies way, yeah. at, at that time period. Like yeah. Red Dawn. Yep. Another Outbreak. Thing. Outbreak. That was 1995, so not even close. It was just kind of close. <laughs> it's the same idea. Yeah, yeah. Red Dawn obviously leans, leans, leans into the Cold War stuff in a yeah. much more literal sense. But, but this is a more subtle view of the Cold of War. Of course. Which yep. makes it better. And it's also, just like you said, the practical effects in this movie are top-notch. Can't be beaten... John Carpenter found his kind of his baby with this movie. I mean, Halloween was great, but I think I don't know. I feel like I feel like if you're going to rate it, it's the thing is better than Halloween. Yeah, I I, I prefer it at this point in my uh, in my. It's life. just got everything. It's got depth. It's yep. perfect. I love it. I love it, and I, I kind of already talked about why I love it so much. But um, Andrew, you mentioned the practical creature effects, so. Uh, all of the creature effects were done by a guy named Rob Boughton, or Boughton, I think it's Boughton. Uh, so he uh, went on to, after this movie, to, to be involved in several high-profile special effects oh, jobs. Oh, I would imagine. Uh, he worked with John Carpenter on The Fog a few years later. He also worked on Robocop. We watched The Fog recently, didn't we? We did. Uh, he was the special effects guy in Seven, which is one of my favorite movies and a couple of awesome 90s monster movies, Mimic and Deep Rising, which, Andrew, if you've seen either of those, those are fucking great. Mimic is uh, a Mimic's Del Toro good, movie, movie, and Deep Rising is a an underrated uh, underrated cult classic. He also did Fight Club. He worked on the special effects in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, which has some very trippy, druggy Oh, with the, uh, with the lizards? Yep, the lizards, yep. all that stuff. That looked real. And he also did some of the practical effects in Game of Thrones. I don't know what specifically, but he did work on Game of Thrones. Fun. Yeah. So uh, Carpenter, when Universal uh, gave him this movie, he was given an an initial budget of $10 million. Wow. 200,000 of that $10 million went directly into what they called the uh, creature effects budget. That was the most money that Universal had ever given to a uh, creature or monster budget at that time. In 1982. So that was uh, big big news. Uh, and, you know, I, I read a bunch of stuff about how, you know, Botten designed all the, the creature effects and how he got the inspiration for them. But basically, in designing the things different forms, you know, he explained that the creature probably at this point had been all over the galaxy, infiltrated and assimilated lots of different alien species. And that allowed it to kind of call on different attributes as necessary, such as, you know, stomachs that transform into giant mouths and spider legs sprouting from heads, which you see in full form uh, in this movie. And almost all the effects are practical, utilize several different, eff- uh, several different methods, I should say, including, you know, puppetry for the, uh, the dog thing, when they, uh, they, they take over all the dogs in a very sad scene where multiple pup, pup dogs unfortunately get killed by the thing, which stinks. Uh, they use molding. 
They use stop-motion animation. They use prosthetics, uh, most notably in the stomach bite scene that I just talked about where uh, the doctor is going to shock the guy to get him to get out of cardiac arrest, and the stomach opens up and bites both of his arms off. That was done with fake prosthetic arms. Wow. Uh, Lots of stuntmen as well, specifically the, the scene where... I forget exactly who turns into the thing, and McCready lights him on fire with the flamethrower, and then he proceeds to run through the wall out into yeah. the snow. So all done in a practical manner, which I think just makes this movie that much better because it's much more creative to be able to do it practically than it is to do with a computer, which they didn't have as an option back in 1982. I got a question for mm-hmm. you. Sure. So you said this movie had a $10 million budget? Yes. And they spent 200000 on Monster? Mm-hmm. What do you think Kurt Russell got paid for this movie? Uh, he got paid four hundred k. I saw what you're looking. I saw. I, I know. I looked this up. Really. <laughs> like, I didn't know this. Oh, did he get it? I looked he it nailed up. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. So Russell, Russell obviously was the most notable actor on the set at that time, and he had worked with Carpenter before in Escape from New York. Uh, he got four hundred k, and I think every other actor only got fifty thousand dollars for the entire movie. If you're looking at the same wow. thing that I yeah. looked at earlier, yeah. So that's crazy, that's crazy amazing. stuff, crazy stuff. Four hundred k in nineteen eighty two might as well be ten million. I think <laughs> right, with inflation. yeah, that's insane. So the filming for this, obviously, we you know we we, we kind of wanted to do this because it's now cold. Uh, and there's snow on the ground as we record this. But there's also an infection. There's also around. an infection. But the filming for this movie took place on refrigerated sets in Los Angeles. So all the interior stuff was done uh, in L.A. where they basically they they turned the heat way down so that they would be able to see their breath, that wow, type of thing. Wow, that's awesome. Yep. So it's very realistic. Very realistic. And then all of the exterior shots were done uh, in Alaska, Juneau, Alaska, and in British Columbia. See, I feel like if... That's how you make like, a movie. Yeah. <clears throat> yes. If, like, you make it with if a real set. If it was CGI, it would be awful. Like, yeah. everything would look so Because fake. Kurt and Russell looked cold that's the why, entire movie. That's why I Did like... Did he have snow all over his beard and his, his face? His face was pale right. as yeah. shit. That's why I like it... The TV. I don't want to hear about it. it. No. The remake because no. it's 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 realistic. It's a scarier situation. But no, okay. you're so wrong. Okay, all right, we're not gonna go there. So whenever they make the thing, the remake, it's gonna um, be terrible. You Those should never make a remake. Well, on that, they already have, and it's not good. And it was did terrible. You it? We did. We saw. You it saw in it in theaters. Remember? I remember. All right, we, yeah. How do I remember? Were you with us? No. <laughs> I, it's actually, you know, it, it actually. So we'll get more into this later. But the the, the, the sequel sh- slash prequel had some potential. It had some good actors. It had Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Joel Edgerton, uh, a couple other people that were pretty. Who we good. know Mike has a hard on for because mm-hmm. he played. Uh, Edgerton? Yeah, didn't he play? Elton? He was in uh, the Gift with Jason Bateman. I was like, did he play Bradley Cooper? Oh, because, I thought yeah. he played Elton John. I was like, Wait. no, that's uh, Taron Edgerton. <laughs> Taron Edgerton. Are they related? Yes, yes. No, they're. I don't think they are. No, ah, damn it, my but bone. Yeah, I, I do. I do heart. have uh, quite a bit of love in my heart for the Rocket Man movie. I love. It's love a great that movie. movie. Great movie. Great movie. Yeah. I still prefer Elton John's versions. Speaking of, the songs of Elton more. John uh, and music in general, so the uh, the iconic score for this movie was composed by Ennio Morricone, who was an Italian uh, film, uh, Italian composer and a musician, hmm. who at the time was most famous for his work on Spaghetti Western movies, which was a term... Spaghetti Western. Yeah, Spaghetti Western. It was a term <laughs> yeah. that they used That's in Hollywood. Thing. That's like Tarantino's movies so, are Spaghetti Western. Exactly. Really? So, so, okay, perfect example. So in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, yes. DiCaprio's character is kind of... He was a TV star, 
and he's fading. Okay. And they remember Al Pacino's character, the movie producer, was trying to get him to fly out to Italy to film these Western yes, movies? Yes, he did. Yes. Those are spaghetti Westerns. Ah, uh, okay. Western movies produced by Italian directors, which is where it got the term spaghetti Westerns. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Sorry, so, racist. Might not be, yeah, say might not be uh, acceptable not anymore. Right. Ravioli! But that's what they called Regatta. them at the time, spaghetti Westerns. And Ennio Morricone did the music for this, which the score is awesome. And he also it, he did go on to do uh, Taran- a bunch of Tarantino movies. He did the, oh, really? uh, the Hateful Eight. I never saw that one. He did. Those movies are way too fucking long. He did the score for Inglorious Bastards that's, as well. That's I a good movie, think. but still too yeah. long. And they're all just how... They're all about how great Quentin Tarantino is. Yeah, Tarantino is the most yeah. biggest blowhard that's ever directed. I, I like Tarantino movies quite a bit. I do. I love Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Hard. But it's definitely, like, watching a Tarantino movie is an undertaking because they're very long. They're very, and it's yeah. him blowing himself the whole time. He, yeah, they're very self-masturbatory for sure. Which for is sure. fine. I mean, I like to jerk off too, but yeah. I'm not going to film Jesus it. Jesus So, uh, <laughs> perhaps the most shocking thing uh. when we talk about facts about this movie was how much it was hated by audiences and critics at the time that it came out, which is crazy to me considering how much of a classic it's considered to be these days. So when it was released in 1982, this was considered to be one of the biggest box office bombs of all time. Well, box office based off of how much they make. Correct. Well, it it didn't make a ton of money, but audiences and critics hated it. Really? Do you know the biggest reason why? Because it was... um... It had diabetes in it. Diabetes, yeah. <laughs> Movie had not diabetes. Because it had Wilford, goddamn diabetes. Not because of Wilford Brimley or because of diabetes. Diabetes. Yeah. Something, yeah. Yeah, you'd think so, right? But What idiot was in uh, charge of that? Yeah. But obviously, E.T., different movie. Uh, more Very. upbeat, more family-friendly, and it's certainly safe to say that the thing has a more nihilistic tone and, mm. and uh, uh, <laughs> a much sadder, bleak outlook on yes. human life uh, than E.T. does. So I think... You know, apparently from what I read in 1982 when this was released, there there was a recession going on and a lot of people were kind of down, might not have felt the vibe of this movie being so downbeat and so dark. And well, yeah, so, who was the hero yeah. of this movie? Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell. who basically says, we're going to die. Right. So let's blow this motherfucker out <laughs> of yeah, the ground. Yeah, pretty much. Essentially. That's like his – so – your hero That's in the, the movie. the happiest thing he says the, the entire The happiest thing you're like, oh, well, he's going to die, but at least that disgusting thing yeah, is the one, die the one, Yeah, the one close thing to like a feel-good moment is when uh, he's he's trying to kill – they're like uh, underground by where the alien spaceship is, and he's trying to kill the thing, and he throws the bomb, and the thing like kind of like rises up and like he, and screams at him, and he says, yeah, fuck you too, and he throws the fucking yeah. dynamite stick. Like, I mean, that's the closest thing you get to a feel-good moment probably the entire yeah, that's, movie. that's it. It's so good, though. So while the special effects and the gore are very good, uh, those also left a negative taste in the audience's mouth because they were groundbreaking at the time. And I said this when we were watching it the other night. I've kind of been desensitized to it with the amount of times that I've seen this movie. But the practice, like, it is a disgusting movie. Oh, it's movie. so gross. It's so oh, yeah. gross. And, like... They do such the a good autopsy, job. Yeah. Like when, oh, gross. When they're like finally revealing it and you can see like his heart-shaped oh. like head, the alien thing, and then like yeah. you see the different like it's like this weird mutated like double human head yeah. form. Yeah. The dog one. Everything's so everything's it's so just, sticky. But it's and, all like, real. Oh, like it's gross. all like those are all like mock-ups. Yeah. And, like there it's a it's Unbelievable a real stuff. thing. Like that's yeah. not computer generated, which is amazing. Yeah. Someone the amount made of detail. That. Yeah. And it's right. like, wow, that's impressive. It's yeah. so and awesome. it's so good. Yeah. 
And, and uh, so apparently the, the negative reviews and, and, and vibes surrounding this film hit John Carpenter very hard. He's said it in interviews, uh, you know, in, in, in recent years that basically if the thing he, – he said almost a direct quote, if the thing had been a success, his career would have been much differently. I'm sure. Uh, much different, I should say, excuse me, because he, he probably would have taken on some other large projects. This is a pretty big budget project for Universal that they handed yeah, to John and Carpenter like, oh. and it failed. So he took on some other smaller movies. Which is upsetting movies that he that failed because actually still he didn't came out fail. good. I think the next yeah. two movies he did after this were uh, Starman and Christine. But both like, good movies. The thing had potential to be a. No, the thing is the best. I, I understand. Yes. It's now the audience's. It's, it's, it's the it idiots the going to see it. It had potential to be a blockbuster hit movie, but it just yeah. came out at the wrong time. If that movie came out. Two years ago? Yeah. It's no, the if it came hit out of the like summer. a few months after E.T. Yeah. Even yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. originally, I yeah. mean, it could have had a whole other outlook on it. Yeah, which Agreed. is upsetting because you're like, oh, it could have just like that was in the time period though when people were like, movies should be uplifting. We yeah, have, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not a big proponent of that. I don't think a movie needs to necessarily be uplifting. No. I think sometimes like a, neg- a negative message is <laughs> is the right message. The idea of that movie's good. The execution yeah. was poor. Um, so we were talking about how bleak this movie is and, and kind of, I think the ending of the movie, since we're now well into this, we can talk spoilers. The ending is also very bleak. Uh, and there were several different endings shot for this movie before they ultimately decided on having, you know, essentially Childs and McCready, the two remaining alive characters, uh, kind of sit there and opt to freeze to death in order to prevent the alien infection from reaching the mainland. Uh, so some of the other endings, they actually shot a, a couple of uh, brief synopses here. Oh, okay, so there was one ending shot where essentially it showed, you know, Childs turning into a thing and, and, and McCready trying to kill him. And then there was another one with Childs and McCready both sitting there and they see a flock of birds that have been uh, infected by the thing flying towards the mainland and realizing that the earth is fucked. And they ultimately didn't decide to go with that ending. They went with the ending that they went with, which uh, they wanted to go with a more ambiguous approach to whether or not still one bleak. of them is infected, if both of them are infected, neither of them are infected. It's still bleak. Right. Very bleak. And they're actually so th- there's been some speculation as to if you can read into at that end if one of them is definitely infected. And there have been some things written that if you watch that last scene, child, when he's out there, you do not you do not see his breath when he's breathing, and that might be an indication that he is the one infected. Well, it's clearly not Kurt Russell. I mean, you know, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they both were. Let's be real. Though. But I guess you know, Carpenter and Kurt Russell have both debunked that in recent interviews, where they said, you know, like, listen, we meant it to be ambiguous. If you're looking for that kind of stuff, you're reading too much into it, and you're not getting the point of what we're trying to say here. Is that you know, it's meant to be ambiguous. So, I like it. I like the ambiguity, and it definitely leaves the door open for a sequel, which I know we will talk about uh, in our categories, which are coming up next. You guys ready to talk about some categories? Yes. Categories. I mean, I didn't even know that ambiguity. 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 There you go. Ambiguity. Catherine, I asked you. I will start with you. Did you find this movie to be frightening and or scary? Yes. Okay. 
Well, it's like a yes or no question, but I'll, I'll, I like I'll, how I'll, I'll like, elaborate. Yes, like and so life so, or death uh, <laughs> for you. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're stuck in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of Antarctica. Yep. Um, you can't reach anybody when yep. there's an emergency. Um, there are, you know, rabid dogs, monsters all over the place. You yep. can't trust anybody. Um, it's cold. Mm-hmm. It's dark. Yep. You're gonna die. You're gonna it's, die. It's scary. <laughs> You're gonna die. So I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> I I agree with all that, and I I think what makes any monster movie scary is if you talk about what the plot of the movie is and the situation the characters are in, and you remove the monster element completely. Still scary. It's still scary. Is it still scary at that Absolutely. point? It could be a, yes. It could be it a is. shot. Like you're yep. getting a vaccine, and yeah. it's scary. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I, I think. You know, obviously, I've seen it so many times. Like I mentioned, it doesn't scare me anymore. But this movie, this movie scared me so much more than Halloween did the first time I ever saw it. Like I think this, probably this and Alien and Jaws were the three movies that scared me the most when I was a kid. Uh, like growing up, they, they this movie really, especially with like the I. I acknowledge that this, you know, I'm a horror movie podcast host. We all are. And we talk about people dying all the time, almost in a comedic sense. I don't do well Darn. with animal harm in movies. No, not at all. I hate it. The it minute an really, animal dies, it's, it's it worse really than a disturbs human. me. You know me, Catherine. I if one of those ASPCA commercials comes on, I need to mute it and or change the channel. I can't watch it. So seeing the dogs at a young age get kind of killed by this alien thing and then shot with a shotgun and burned alive Terrifying. really fucking fucked yeah. me up. Have you ever but, seen uh, that documentary, You Don't Fuck With Cats? Uh, refused to watch it. I didn't want to watch so it. so fucked. Yeah, I'm not interested. But it's so good. Yeah. See, you're the opposite of me. Yeah. I just I look at a stuff, movie. That's up. I look at a movie and like if they go, they're going to kill the animal, I'm like, this movie's going to be there's a special. There's a, there's a, there's a special movie. place in it's hell. It's like a whole other no. level. Like, that's a horror movie taking. Like, if some if a movie's willing to do that, what aren't they willing to do? Mm. So you can look there's at it a that special way. special place in hell for people that abuse animals. Oh, yeah, they're the and worst. If you abuse animals, fuck you. Don't listen to our show. But the we movies, the movies didn't dog abuse animals. We do have a rescue dog. Otis is a rescue, and I would encourage that you adopt. And if you murder him. people... Go for it because we don't yeah, care. Exactly. Yeah, people are people. People yeah. are the worst. See, mm. Basically, worst. I mean, let's worst. be real. We're talking about animals. I prefer animals to most people. Well, yeah, because animals are animals. Yeah. Right. They don't, they don't get yeah. to choose yeah. whether they're an asshole. They can't or not. tell you. They can't tell you if they're in pain. They can't call for help. They can't do anything. But I so bet you, if sad. I bet you, most animals are probably serial killers, <laughs> if given the opportunity. <laughs> Uh, cereal, eat, cereal, 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 cereal eaters to be able to stay alive. Otis would out, be out there strangling <laughs> the dogs. Yeah. Give me your money. Yeah, just, exactly. He's like, give me, a, give me, shit. A, give me your fucking, yeah, fucking money. money. He's just strangling them. And then he's like, oh, cookie. And then he eats oh, cookie. cookie. And then oh, they're, like, and they're like, what would you do? And he's like, I don't remember. He's just like know. a split personality. This crazy dog just I killing just, Andrew, dogs. while we're on you, did you find this movie to be scary or frightening at all? You're going to be really surprised with this response. Yes? Is it a yes for the first time ever? This is the scariest movie. Wow. That there is. Because this movie is so good. So many levels. I'm sorry. I was writing the scariest. It's the scariest. It's number one. Top. Number two. It's number one and then Alien. So this. Yeah, Alien. This is a more scary version because. I see. I still think think Alien is scarier. No, but here's the difference. It's not out in space where. No one can hear you scream. That alien's not getting back to Earth. 
maybe yeah. in like the twelfth. Like this one is they're on Earth. They're already there. Yeah. And all they need is a ride. Just need a ride. That's perfectly said because going it, to space. <laughs> it does it does feel like it's a relatively small scale story. Might as well be Russian. Might as well be Russian. But it does have kind of potential global consequences, right? You mm-hmm. see uh, Blair, who is Wilford Brimley. Diabetes. Who has diabetes. Well, you see how easily He's looking at his computer, changes. seeing what the rate of infection would be if it reached the mainland, like that type of shit. That's scary. So when he was doing all that stuff, he's just calculating the probability of things. Sure. Pretty much. In that computer. Because I'm sitting doing here, math. I'm like, what honestly doing is he math. putting into this computer that it's coming back to me like 98%? Like, yeah. Yeah, because... Whatever, and I'm like... Did you see what it was doing to them? Yes. Yeah. So, right. it's not irrational, so yes. stop. right. Don't besmirch Wilford Brimley and his diabetes. Diabetes. Mm-hmm. I don't besmirch him. Okay, right. Moira. So, uh, this, this <laughs> Moira's is... Moira's daughter. This is history. This is history here, folks. This is the first time that we've all agreed that this movie is actually scary. Correct. Scary. This is great. Yes. I, I love it. This I'm may happy. be the first time that I've ever said any movie is scary. I know. That's pretty great. Uh, this is a monumental woo, occasion woo, for you. Woo! Let's all cheers. 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 Cheers to a scary movie that cheers actually scared all three of us. That's great. I will drink to that. Uh, I ask you, Andrew, what was your favorite scene in this movie? My favorite scene in this movie, and I can't remember, it's towards the end, and it's when they're all out searching for the thing, and Kurt Russell's out there being a badass, and it shows one of the guys, I can't remember his name, it's the bald guy with, like, the hair along the edge. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, he turns around, but before that, he's that fat guy that looks like a pig. The eyebrow guy. I, no. Not the eyebrow not guy. The eyebrow guy. <laughs> The guy that has the heart attack and has the stomach yeah. that opens up and eats the arms he, and then his he head literally, falls off. He looks like a Tiny Toons version of a pig, mm-hmm. essentially. So he looks out the window, and he's looking and he's watching some guy running towards the door. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back to the window screen, and he's still that guy, but as he turns, he turns into somebody else. Yes, you pointed scene. that out the other night. And you know what? That was one thing that I never noticed before that. And I, I don't know if it was just he a continuity error or if it was intentional. I wasn't able to find anything on that when I looked it up, but that is a great that was a great call. What do you mean you weren't able to find anything on that? I, was, like I wasn't able to see if so that was that like seems intentional like a cent- or a- it, it's gotta be something. Because yeah. he changes into a different person. Yeah. It, yes. mu- it must be. Yeah. I, I then why aren't so. they talking about it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's Maybe it's just never so- talked about that? Good question. Ever? You don't Find it, you didn't I find wasn't it able to find anything online. Yeah, in my, which my is half-assed weird because research to everything be able to see. is manipulated to the yeah to the nth degree for sure. And no that, one's talked about that. I would that. have immediately yeah. thought that. Well, I mean, maybe you just assume he's a shapeshifter, and that's just part of the movie. That's the only time he shifts shape, right? In front of you, at least, right? Very quickly, and it, very, very, very quickly, without all the gore and you know blood. It was such a perfect scene. Yeah, that scene good. was so was good. good. Huh. Okay, that's a good call. I like that. I like that for your favorite scene, Catherine. What about you? What was yours? Favorite scene. Um, when they think that the uh, the thing is dead and it's not dead, and it starts to like bleed and then it starts to kind of grow and starts mm-hmm. to kill all the people. Like I think that was kind of cool because that was like the moment that you knew that those things were going to come back. Yeah, and, and, like, and they're, they're all in way over their head. Yeah. They're not pr- not properly equipped to deal with this. That, that was that was the minute that you knew that like the. They had a whole other yeah. issue on their hands. Yeah. So I think that was... When it's... Tentacles are in the 
Yeah, the, guy's the head. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's like making Gross. it look like those like practical head. effects, like that's when the practical effects are the best, is when it's the worm and it's like in the mm. guy's head and it's moving it up yeah. the screen. Do and it's so fucking weird and I'm like, that's all practical. So when you talk about spaghetti and the tentacles and stuff, do you think that it's... I never does said that... spaghetti. Okay. We used, Maybe you, we used the term spaghetti western. Uh, okay, yes. well... So now you're thinking of spaghetti. Spaghetti. The um, true detective, green-haired spaghetti man. Mm. Green-haired spaghetti monster. Yeah. That's kind of that could maybe. Uh, maybe. Maybe potentially. Maybe. I mean, true true so, detective draws inspiration from lots of things. Way lots. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So true detective true detective draws inspiration from Lovecraft stuff, which Carpenter drew inspiration from Lovecraft for this movie. So could be related. Very mm. well could be. The spaghetti monster. So I Ooh, think. Spaghetti monster. Well, the tentacles look like spaghetti. Ah, yes. The best scene in this movie, I think, bar none, is the blood test scene. Yeah. It's probably the most iconic. It's the most tense. There's nothing as intense, and you're waiting on bated breath to see Kurt Russell dip that heated up piece of copper wire into those all, all that blood, and they all, like, dude, they fucking cut a lot of blood out of those thumbs there. There was well, some the most aggressive cuts. I'm like, yeah, some big cuts. Why are you big doing cuts. that? Big cuts. And then, obviously, you got the payoff where, you know, finally it's it's uh, one person, and he sticks the thing into the blood, and it goes, and that nice was, little I mean, jump you scare. Were, you were waiting to see if any of them really yeah. would and actually then, do it, anything. Or if that test even worked. The best was eyebrows. Eyebrows getting pissed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was that say, was pretty awesome. I don't know. Because after, so... Obviously, when he, uh, Kurt Russell sticks thing in, in, into Palmer's blood, and uh, that guy just he they broke out all the special effects for him. His face is like blowing up like a balloon. There's blood exploding everywhere. It's just crazy, crazy shit. And then, yeah, like you said, when uh, after they they uh, light the guy on fire, and they're all still tied to the couch, and eyebrows says. You know, I would like to not spend the rest of my life tied to this fucking couch. <laughs> so pretty awesome. Pretty, Such an aggressive. Pretty, yeah, pretty what, a, what, a, what a way pretty. to nail that line. There are some nice comedic touches in this movie. I think there are a few laughs in here. I like. There, there, there was some stuff that made you giggle a little bit. Yeah. Well, I feel like John oh, like Carpenter it. incorporates that in his movies. Yeah, I like it. Which I like. He knows nice. how to. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I had the blood test scene for my particular favorite. Also, you have to mention the, uh, the the scene with the 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 stomach mouth ripping off the arms, yeah. and then the guy's head yeah. falls off and sprouts spider oh, legs and eyeballs and crawls away, and they get yeah. the iconic line, "You've got to be fucking kidding." Speaking of uh, it, yep, uh, they, they reference that linked, in it directly. It's been linked to be in the same universe. Yes, possibly, potentially. Potentially. Whoever decided good. what these universes are. We're still good. I don't know. I was also a big fan of, and I, I read a little bit about this. So Carpenter, after he made Halloween, a lot of the jump scares in Halloween were ripped off in a bunch of movies. And he said when he made this movie, he wanted to kind of move away from the jump scares. He didn't want to do that stuff. I like jump scares. And one particular scene he mentioned that he cut a few things that the studio suggested was when the scene where... Uh, McCready and the doctor, Dr. Copper, I think his name is, they go to the Norwegian camp and they see all the dead Norwegians and just kind of like the aftermath of the thing taking over that camp. And I guess there were supposed to be several jump scares where like bodies fell out and he nixed those because he didn't want it to be like Halloween. He wanted to do something different. He wanted to build a sense of dread that led up to everything that you see essentially when they get back to the camp. 
But I think that scene's awesome. They go there, everything's frozen over. They find that guy who slit his wrists and his throat, and the blood's oh, like dripping so out, good. frozen. You see where they found the alien. You see where they found the spaceship. You see all that stuff. That's a great scene too. So I, I had that in in my favorites as well. I mean, I could really pick anything. The the dog cage the scene is great. So it's it's just very very good. So. All right, so I think we covered that pretty extensively. And now, I mean, normally we usually talk about cast replacements. I'm not going to talk about replacements here. What I'm going to give you are some alternatives. Oh, boy. Okay. okay. So this movie kind of has the definition of an ensemble cast. Okay, you ensemble. see a lot of ensemble. ensemble. You see a lot of people in this movie that are kind of like those guys. Like, okay, I know that guy from this. I've seen him in other things. Was that guy in Airplane? Which guy? The guy with the eyebrows. He may have been. I don't know. Kind of looks like Leslie Nielsen a little bit, but I know it's not Leslie Nielsen, obviously. It almost looks like Mandel. Let me give you a list of some actors that read for these parts, the the bit the bit players. Okay, so not Kurt Russell's role, not Keith David's role. Okay, Brian Dennehy, Chris Christopherson, Chris Christopherson, excuse me, Chris Christopherson, Uh, John Hurt, who is the dad in Home Alone, read for a part in this movie. Ed Harris, Tom Berenger. Scott Glenn, Donald Pleasance, who also was... I think Tom Berenger should win every... I don't know half of these people well, that you Tom are... Berenger Tom Berenger Andrew fantastic. probably knows some of them. Tom Berenger was in Sniper, right? No. Uh, Tom Berenger was in Platoon. He Platoon, was the master in right. Platoon. Yeah. Like, you're uh, just going to name off a bunch of people and tell me to pick one? Because I'm not... I'm not sure telling you to pick also, anybody. I'm just giving you... He I'm was giving also you in that right, baseball right, movie. Yes. Uh, which one? Oh, uh, Major League. Yes, Major League. Major League. And Tom Selleck was Tom in Selleck. Mr. Baseball That's correct. in That's Japan. Correct. That was a great... He's a great yeah, so, uh, so Tom Berenger, Scott Glenn, <laughs> Donald Pleasance, who was uh, Dr. Loomis in Halloween. That guy was also in another Carpenter movie. Japan. <laughs> you guys are ridiculous. Uh, Powers Booth, Andrew. You know Powers, Powers Booth? It's great in yep. McGrober. He almost was in this I'll movie. suck your dick. And they <laughs> wanted to uh, branch out and do some comedic people in this movie for some of the lighter roles. Gary Shandling and Jay Leno read for roles in this movie. Gary Shandling I, I did that on your outline from over here. Yeah, I wouldn't hire Gary Shandling to do anything. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So all, all, know of the, all of those guys read for the like pretty much the other ten parts aside from Keith David and uh, and Kurt Russell's characters. Okay. So Powers Keith, Booth, yes, love love Powers Booth, so good, love Powers, Booth. great. He's awesome. He was in Deadwood. He was great. He was in the Sin City movies. He played Senator yeah. Rourke. He's good in those. So Childs, obviously, the role went to Keith David, who's fantastic. He's been in a bunch of shit. He was in They Live. He was in a bunch of other movies. He's a great actor. Uh, Carl Weathers from Rocky and from Predator also yeah. read for this role, and Isaac Hayes, Chef Isaac. from South Park. Oh, was I almost going to be in this movie in that role. Yeah. Chocolate salty balls. Yeah, and Isaac Hayes, uh, I, didn't, I did not know this. I haven't seen Escape from New York in quite a while. Worked with Carpenter on Escape from New York along with Kurt Russell. And then uh, R.J. McCready, uh, who is obviously played perfectly by Kurt Russell, the ultimate 80s action badass with the great beard, the great hair, the handsome face, the great voice, the badass. Also read for the part of Who? R.J. McCready. Tom Cruise. Brad Pitt. Uh, Christopher Walken. Uh, Christopher Walken. Jeff Bridges. Too young, right? Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges, I could see. Huh. Uh, Christopher Walken, I could Never can't. seen that before. Yeah. Jeff Bridges. Uh, Nick Nolte. Who that? Oh, you don't know who Nick Nolte is? No. Uh, Sam Shepard. He's been in a bunch of things. 
and uh, most notably Tom Atkins, who played the asshole dad in Creepshow. Oh. That's why God made fathers, babe. That's why God made fathers. It's the most goddamn God. awful crap I've ever seen in my life. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Tom I'm... Atkins was in a bunch, bunch of 80s shit. So, a little cool casting type stuff. Yeah. So. I'm glad they picked who they picked. Do you guys have any <laughs> nitpicks with this movie? Zero. Got a couple. I, I, like a little, little, little tiny thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, we were talking about this when we were watching it. And obviously, we're in the middle of 2020 right now with this pandemic. If you're in the middle of a situation where there is an infectious disease alien organism in your camp, doctors that are doing autopsies, they're wearing gloves. Don't you think you'd wear some sort of a surgical mask or something or put some sort of protocol in place to make sure that the infection doesn't spread? I don't say any other guys. Yes. Michael. Don't you think? I mean, maybe. This is a slight nitpick. I got a bigger nitpick. Okay. What is it? It doesn't matter what you're thinking. It's what you're saying and Kurt Russell at one point says to his other guys I don't fucking care basically mm-hmm. I just want to get drunk yep I want to go up to my shack and get drunk <laughs> yeah. and the guy's like you're yeah. like there's aliens and there's, there's five aliens. of us mm-hmm. you can't get drunk you gotta be paying attention like what is going on he's like yeah I want to go get drunk in my shack and play chess oh wait I already poured whiskey into my computer and yeah, destroyed it because it beat me in chess drunk <laughs> Yeah, maybe you should focus on the task at hand, but yeah. that's just everybody. You're going to ignore right. it. I also, to... it, I thought this was pretty funny too. I saw like the what the description in the script was for McCready that like pretty much what Kurt Russell had to work with, and the description was like 35, beard, helicopter pilot, likes chess, likes whiskey. That was it. Like, that's what he had to work on. He kind of created the character from that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty awesome. So, but yeah, that that would be my biggest nitpick. Uh, I I guess if I had to make one is, like, maybe if if you're dealing with some sort of infectious disease. Talk about having faith in your actors, really. I mean, it's fucking Kurt Russell. Yeah, but that was, like, what, his, like, third major role? Yeah, I mean, I, I, he was actually, Kurt Russell was actually a child actor, so he had been acting for quite a while. And you know he's from Massachusetts, too, Kurt Russell? From, I don't know if sp- I knew that. He's from Springfield. Huh. He, or he was born in Springfield. I don't know if he grew up here, but. Poor bastard. I know. <laughs> Why? Springfield. Springfield. Springfield's gross. Yeah. yeah no one wants to live. Shout, out to, our, shout out to our Springfield listeners. Yeah, Six Flags. Six Anywhere there's there. an amusement park or a casino, it's probably terrible around there. Andrew, favorite death in the movie? Mm. I can give you mine if you want me to come back to you. I can think about it. Okay. It's Palmer. It's Palmer. It's the guy that gets the uh, <laughs> the, uh, the 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 negative result of the blood test. Yeah. And he's sitting there on the couch, and all of a sudden he just starts shaking. And then all of a sudden it, it, it immediately cuts to practical effects. And his face blows up like a balloon filled with blood. Yeah. And he just starts, like, pretty much exploding everywhere. And then he breaks out of the rope that he's tied to. And he, for some reason, springs to the ceiling. And then there's that other boner, uh, Windows, that has the flamethrower, the guy with the afro. Yep. And uh, he falls back down. And he's basically too scared to shoot the flamethrower off. And he turns into, his body splits open and turns into a giant mouth and chomps on this guy and is, like, chewing him up in the air and, like, flailing him around. And then they both get torched. So that is, that's my favorite, personally. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah. 
Can't argue with that. Yeah. Can you? No. Good call. <laughs> no, right. I agree. That's I would perfect. say my favorite death is the. I got a second one for you too, but go ahead. You have two favorite deaths. I I, I think I know what you're going to say. But well, you have no favorite deaths. I do. I have one. So okay, what it. is it? It's the uh, guy at the beginning out of the helicopter, the Norway man. The Norwegian guy that he. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He, he, he pulls the shooting. pin out of the grenade and he yeah. blows himself up like yes. an asshole. Yeah, the that Norway guy. man? Yeah, yeah, the Norway man. Because Mr. he was Norway at a dog. And man. even if a dog is a thing, I mean, you can't shoot a dog. It's just terrible. I think even also, uh, thing? you know, he fucking the thing. Dr. Uh, Dr. Eyebrows yes. gets a yeah. nice kill at the end, too, when they're underground trying to find the thing. And the Blair thing pops out and just essentially sticks his hands into his mouth oh, and like, so like, oh, rips his face right. open. I forgot about that. Yeah, so that's, that's was, a good one. That was nasty. That's a good one. That's a good that's one. That's nasty. Okay. So we normally talk don't, about... Don't, don't then. Don't then. We normally talk <laughs> about whether or not uh, a movie would make a particularly good haunted attraction. And obviously sometimes they already have been. And this is another case where this movie has been turned into a haunted attraction numerous times. So this is a movie that it's made by Universal and has been used at Halloween Horror Nights in multiple different years. Uh, it was used first in 2007 as a haunted house based on the original movie. It was featured alongside uh, haunted houses based on a nightmare on Elm Street, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Friday the 13th, and Dead Silence, which was a movie that came out that year. Uh, but more importantly for us, it was also featured as a haunted house in 2011, which was the first vacation that Kat and I ever took together. We went down to Orlando, Florida, went to Universal Studios, so we could go to Halloween Horror Nights 21. Uh, went to a bunch of awesome haunted houses, and this particular thing, haunted house, was based on the 2011 remake Ugh, slash terrible. prequel that came out. Uh, but it was still a very, very good haunted house. It was very cool, and I feel like these types of monsters, while you can't necessarily have huge animatronics portraying these monsters, you can do some good stuff with it because they did some good stuff with the one that we went to. I mean, I don't know if you remember walking through that one. At I mean, all. That I was vaguely do. 10 years ago. It was almost ten years ago, but you can you can find <laughs> photos of it online, and when you like. The, they just do a great job, Universal, of recreating massive movie-style so- movie sets and making you feel like you're walking through a horror movie. So I, that's really all yeah. you can ask for for a haunted house based on the thing. I wouldn't be surprised if they do it again in the future because it's been almost 10 years since but they did it. But it's literally like Hollywood magic when you go through those haunted houses. It is. It's incredible. It's, it's, like it's, it's awesome stuff. It's like you're walking through a, I mean, I a guess, set. Like, you know, it's amazing. For, for me, uh, I talk about it a lot. I know, Andrew, you think I'm obsessed with it, which I am. If you ever get a chance to go down to Orlando <laughs> and go to Halloween oh, Horror Nights, Nights, just go. I've never just been go. there. Just but go. It's fun. I should. It's fun. We've gone twice. Catherine, I ask you, who is your MVP of the movie? Oh, uh, Kurt Russell. I second that. Yeah. He's he's so, so, he's so awesome. Amazing. And so handsome. And has handsome. such awesome hair in this movie. It's great. And he's just like... He's badass. He's such a leader. He's just flamethrowing, throwing dynamite, <laughs> just killing and he shit. Has flame th- yeah. He has awesome 80s action lines, like, you know, hey, oh yeah, fuck you too. Yeah, he's amazing. Sure wasn't Wilford Brimley? Diabetes. Wilford the Pooh. <laughs> Wilford the Pooh. Wilford Brimley. He could, Wilford he could Brimley, easily be in there, too. Non-mustache man. I would also say, like, one... Kurt, Kurt Russell is my MVP too, but the, the 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 secondary one you can consider is the monster effects. I feel like mm. the monster in this movie. Yeah, is... the monster actually was very impressive. I'm I'm surprised you're not taking the monster since he was your Kurt Russell in your draft too good. pick. So. Too good. Too like good. has a hard boner for mm. Kurt Russell. I mean, yeah. I might, I might. What about you, MVP? 
Going with Kurt Russell as well? I mean, it's the monster is the best, though. Or are you going with diabetes? McCready is the best, though. He is I the don't best. McCready is awesome. But I think it's the monster. McCready is meant to be awesome. Like yeah. He's but he's Kurt Russell. He's meant MVP. to be. He's like the alpha male badass. Like, I'm sure he's probably meant to be a Vietnam vet helicopter pilot. Like, I've seen some shit. I don't give a shit about your <laughs> scientist bullshit. Like, if you need help. If you need me to fly you somewhere, call me. If not, leave me the fuck alone in my shack so yeah. I can play chess and drink whiskey and then go the fuck away. It's exactly, yeah. Pretty much. So, easy to like. Easy to like. Do you think this movie is deserving of a sequel? And before I uh, let you answer that, I will say, obviously we talked about the remake slash prequel that came out that we saw, which was not very good. I feel like it had some interesting things going for it. They had some good actors. Like I said, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Joel Edgerton, a couple other people. Obviously, this takes place at the Norwegian camp, so it's, uh, you know, leads up directly to the events of the thing. And they were doing some interesting things at first, and then they just go ahead to remake the thing with CGI, which is not a good idea. And there's some there's some cool gore, there's some cool effects, but I ultimately it, it falls I flat. Really I would it. watch it I would watch it again, but it's just it's it's a letdown compared to the first movie, which I feel like it's tough shoes to follow. But Andrew, I ask you, would you like to see a true sequel to this movie that it picks up right after the ending? I would like to see a sequel to this movie where it takes place with the the virus in the mainland. Okay. Yeah. That'd well, be some wild shit. Yeah. Yeah, that would deal be with a, that. Whatever you want to do with that afterwards, go for it. That'd be a sequel instead of a prequel. Could, do well, you yeah, that would be would, better. Do you think they would release a prequel prequel? Like one bef- before the other one? I mean, maybe. Go, like, well, what's that? Back? Like a distant planet? Potentially. On another I world mean, or something. So I guess John Carpenter has come out and said he's been asked before if he would ever do a sequel to the thing and he said he's been approached to do it he's been it's been talked about but it's never been completed and i guess is that really like fair to do like a a a movie and then a prequel and then a sequel like i mean is that yes people do it all the time who does that all the time he he didn't do the prequel he he didn't do the prequel so he didn't do anything Uh, yeah he just did the first one I the prequel is shit. But apparently, oh, so th- okay. there have been, you know, uh, there was a video game that came out in the 2000s that I played. I think it was for PS2. That was pretty cool. But there was also, I guess, a Dark Horse comic series that came out after the uh, initial movie came out in the 80s that Carpenter has said if he were to do a sequel, he would adapt that storyline as the sequel, which essentially has Childs and McCready being rescued, and they go on a boat. Uh, where essentially it's the thing, but on a boat with other people. Interesting. And they end up on a submarine or some kind of weird shit. I, I actually kind of want to see if I can pick it up and read it, because yeah. I, I bet it's pretty good. But tell me, tell I would love to see that movie. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see that movie made. <laughs> that I'd sounds pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Pretty cool. So, yeah, I, I think I would love to see a proper <clears> sequel, <throat> and I think, unfortunately, you know, obviously Keith David and Kurt Russell, the two remaining characters and actors from that movie, are, aren't getting any younger. I don't necessarily know how you would make a sequel at this point with those actors having aged over 30 years. Well, they could point. be like the... Uh, Maybe they were frozen in ice? They would be like the guy that comes on and gives a speech, Hi, I'm uh, McCready. Yeah. yeah. I'm all about yeah. exploration. Of unless the you took his... I'm all about chess and whiskey. Unless his son did and it. Killing computers. That Maybe. would be interesting. Maybe. Oh, actually, uh, yeah, Wyatt Russell. Yeah. I can, okay, okay. 
right? See that? You dye his beard black and his, uh, his hair black or brown or he whatever. What a narcissist. Oh, my God. To name he... his child after someone that he played in a movie. That's... Hey, don't you besmirch Kurt Russell. That's a don't little you narcissistic. Guys, we have come to the end of our uh, categories. Any final thoughts on the thing, Andrew? I will start with you. None. None. Fantastic. Fine. Great. Catherine. Best. I'll say that I actually really enjoy this movie way more than I thought I would. I went into this movie not really, like, having an idea of what it was about, but, like, I've obviously heard about it and stuff, but I know it's a monster movie, but not, like, too much more about it. And, like, I think I've seen it when I was younger, but I don't really remember. So it was nice to watch it. I thoroughly enjoyed it watching it again recently because... I feel like I whole I had a whole other perspective on it, and it was it was nice. So I I, I like it. I would say if you are a fan of horror movies and or creature features, monster movies, and somehow this one has slipped you by, slipped by you, I should say. I'm gonna you need, slip in by you. Yeah. You you need to go watch it. It's a great movie. Don't it's a carpenter it movie. Don't let it slip you by. Yeah, don't let it slip you by. Go watch the thing and uh, enjoy and uh, report back to me after the fact. So, that's what we got on the thing, you guys. And I think at this point we're going to wrap up and put a bow on this biatch. Uh, I always recommend wrapping it up. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've gone for a good amount of time here. So, uh, <laughs> here's where you can find America's Hometown Horror on the following social media platforms. You can find us on YouTube or Facebook. Just search for America's Hometown Horror. You can find us on both. Uh, see our posts. See our YouTube video episodes. You can also find us on Twitter at Hometown Horror. You can find us on Instagram at Hometown Horror Pod. And you can also shoot us an email, an email massage at hometownhorrorpodcast at gmail.com. And you can also listen to our show on the following platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, and wherever else you may happen to listen to your podcasts. Thanks again for listening. My name is Mike. As always, I am joined by my host, Andrew and Kat. Guys, thanks so much. Say goodbye to your... (laughs) Say goodbye to your audience. Goodbye. Adios, pantalones. See you in fucking hell. Hey, everyone. It's Mike from America's Hometown Horror. And just wanted to say thank you again for listening to another episode of our show. Because, of course, we would be nothing without you listeners. If you are interested in more local Plymouth podcasts, I would highly recommend you check out uh, some shows by our cohorts on the Inebriart Podcast Network. That's right, the Inebriart Podcast Network, folks. In addition to America's Hometown Horror, you can find the Inebriart Podcast, Bar Talk, Theme Park Legends, Retro Redoctopus, and Old Colony Cast. Head on over and give them a listen.